0: Hey, buddy. What's up? Today on the show, we have Ryan Godfrey. Now, Ryan, this is his third time coming on the show, Ryan is all about mindset. So he's a professor who wrote a book called Success Mindsets. He developed the theory that you have four types of mindsets. Well, basically, contrary to popular belief that there's only like growth and fixed mindset, he found three others and we are going to discuss, we already discussed those in previous podcasts, but today we're going to discuss the evolution of his research and his methodology, which is now called vertical development, which is an older concept. He explains all about it, but we had such an amazing topic about what it takes for you to step up to your potential to your best future self and also the three levels of where people are at at the moment and kind of like you will be able to through this podcast kind of assess where you are and there's so many gems in this every time Ryan is on the show it's just like gems and value bombs all around so enjoy the show everybody and by the way after this you might want to check out two other episodes with Ryan Godforsen because this guy is amazing so you can enjoy and just binge all three we will link to those in the show notes enjoy this episode everybody with Ryan Godforsen on vertical development let's begin What's up and welcome to the Commit First podcast and uh today we have Ryan Godfrey. and for the third time on this podcast. I'm so happy that uh we get to share time together Ryan. Hey, I'm
1: Thank honored you. and I I'm uh I'm I'm glad you're not sick of me. So so thanks for having me on again.
0: Bro, I just can't get enough uh of of, <laughs> of really like your are I think you put together one of the most fascinating um studies and and books that i've you know came across and and um so just to give context to anybody who doesn't um or haven't heard me talk about you yet so ryan godforson is uh the author of success mindsets and um he, he came up with a theory of like there's four types of mindsets um and everybody was talking about growth versus fixed mindset but ryan was talking about like okay there's three more and we need to talk about them. Um, open, open versus closed promotion versus prevention. And, uh, what was the last one? Outward versus inward. Outward Uh, versus inward. Right. Um, and then, um, I took his assessment the first time, even before we got on the first podcast, I took the assessment, there's an assessment on your website. Um, so if you can just go guys to ryan.fridson.com, there's an assessment there. You take the assessment and it gives you kind of like the, the, um, the overview of where you were at on the scale on each one of those four mindsets and what you need to improve. And I'm like, wow, this is like amazing. Um, and then I had my my parents take the assessment. I had my employees take the assessment. I kind of like had like a lot of people that I know take this assessment um, in order to kind of like understand themselves. And that was really interesting. We had like, uh, I didn't tell you this, but we had a um, we lunch at my parents' house. And uh, one day and I was just like, it's after they took the, uh, the assessment and uh, my mom was very much a closed mindset, right, um, okay. and she's kind of like me, um, I think, in a way, because I, we professionals, we don't want to get feedback a lot of the times, and so, um, and, but she's, like, extreme, like, not getting feedback, <laughs> she's right, and everything, and, I'm like, uh, um, and she's, like, yeah, but this assessment doesn't say anything, I'm not accepting that, and I'm, like, mom, that's exactly what the assessment, you know, <laughs> showed you. Like, you're not accepting feedback. And she's like, no, I'm not. And, and the whole, we're like, we all laughed and it was funny. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I love, Um. I think one of the things that I am looking for when I'm bringing guests to the show is, like, people that can also help me out. Like, that I would love to learn from and to use their theories in order to improve myself. And your theory definitely helped me improve myself because I knew what I had to uh, work on in my life and business um, in order to uh, to be more successful, and those are things once you just understand. Like once you understand the sort of four types of mindsets and where you are on the scale, you understand. Like every time now that I'm getting feedback, and I'm like my my ego is like, "Sagi, just cancel them out, you know, fuck them or whatever." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. please, yeah, just give me the feedback, you know, just um, I'm yeah. accepting it, and I also proactively ask for it now. So it's like I think it really, really helped my business probably more than I can even, uh, imagine. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm done talking, man. So I wanted to catch up with you. Um, uh, because first of all, you have a new book coming out and we'll get to it soon. Uh, but in order to just catch up first, let's talk about your, uh, your book success mindsets, because last time we talked, it, it was just launched. How did the book influence your business?
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's been an incredible journey. I guess I kind of stepped into this having no clue what would happen. Uh, You know, of course, you you see the sky's the limit. And in in many ways, uh, we didn't get anywhere near the sky in terms of like book sales and things like that. I mean, I've had some really great success. So hit the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list, which is awesome. But but the reality is, is that for me... The book is my best business card. So I'm never, right. I don't know if I'll ever make money from writing books, but mm-hmm. the books drive people to me so that I can help them out and develop them or develop
0: their leaders uh, and their no, organizations. No. You're going to make a lot of money from this book. <laughs> I promise you, really, I, I 100%. But yeah, so it's just a matter of time because like, Hal Elrod took four years just to start making money from The, you know, the Miracle Morning. You know it's going to happen. I'm so really sure of it. But yeah, anyways, yeah. It, it, it is best so, business card.
1: I mean, and if that happens, that that's awesome. I'm just not counting on it, right? Yeah, which yeah. is which is fine. Right. So that would just be a cherry on top. And yeah. so in terms of my business, having a book uh, was a game changer. So I mean, honestly, nobody took me seriously without a book. <laughs> With the book, they took me more seriously. And hitting the Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller list as soon as I hit that overnight, I was able to double my rates. And, and then I, that was about the point where effectively I kind of stopped mm. marketing myself and almost all of my business has just been inbound. Wow. And, and that's been such a time saver. Cause I was, I, I was, I was hustling so hard. Um, and, and, and the, that was just not easy. And, now I'm in a place where I don't really feel like I have to hustle yeah. uh, if you will which, which is great but then like there's my my business has also grown quite a bit over the last two years. so mm-hmm. um 2020 I actually operated in the red I, I invested a lot in the book mm-hmm. um did, did okay consulting wise 2021 i I tripled revenues um, wow. and and mm-hmm. 2022 now, is I, I, it's just about the end of April and I've already, I've already brought in uh, as much as everything that uh, as much revenue as I did last year. Wow! So, so Amazing, I may, man. I'm hoping to, you know, two X if not maybe three <laughs> X it this year, which is, which, I, I mean, it. it's just crazy.
0: Amazing. And, and you have a team obviously, right. That is helping you. <laughs> no, no, I no, don't. No? Really? So, Wow. Yeah, so
1: I've I got myself. I've got a VA who helps uh, okay. with with a little bit, and then I've got a website guy um, that that does all of my website. So and how? Digital how, media.
0: how did, so your your business um, is mostly about going to organizations and and doing, conducting seminars, right? Um, yeah. Yep. So you do the? Do they reach out to you now because of the book, or like because outreaching is? you know, a massive uh, thing to to do.
1: Yeah. So it's, um, I would say most of my clients actually come from my speaking engagement. So I also do a fair amount of speaking at conferences and and various things like that. Um, I'll get speaker bureaus that reach out to me and say, hey, will you go speak at this conference or for this group? And then generally that leads to you know, every speaking engagement I would say leads to usually one client. And then mm. we start small with that client and then we build out over time. And so mm. uh, it's partly just playing right. the game, uh, you yeah. know, not that I've been playing it for super long, but I've just known that the longer you play it, the the yeah. more it naturally builds and, and you expand either in terms of breadth of clients or or depth with clients. And, yeah. and it's fun to have both of that.
0: Love it, man. Love it. So congrats and all your success. I, so I'm so happy to hear that because you know I've been I, I've been believing in you and your methods before you even wrote the book um, and before you even you know announced that you're writing a book um, and so I really love seeing your journey it's just amazing so congrats no thank and, you and now you're like on to the by the way a father entrepreneur just do anybody know you right you're a father and no. entrepreneur exactly like all of us here um, in terms of. Um, in terms of the next book so now you're working on your next book we had a slight conversation before we hit record here about uh your morning routine which is fascinating uh but we're not going to share right now we share enough morning routine guys uh let's talk about (laughs) the book itself let's talk about like what made you write another book
1: well so here this was this was a game changer for me personally for me professionally and i and i think it will continue to be so um Mm -hmm. I was about a year uh, about a year after Success Mindsets launched. I came across, and what I would do at the time with my consulting business is I would go around organizations, say, I can help you and your leaders elevate their mindsets to become more effective. Mm-hmm. And most, some organizations, if they already knew about mindsets, they'd be like, oh, this is fascinating. I want to dive into it. Yeah. But most organizations, they were kind of like, eh, that's nice, ah, okay. uh, you know? And I, I came across a concept and the concept was coined from the uh, a guy at the Center for Creative Leadership. And the concept is called vertical development. Hmm. And, and I, I, I read this article. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what is vertical development? I start reading it. And, and the way that it's described it, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what I do through mindsets. Uh is is through a focus on mindsets I help leaders and people vertically develop Mm. and I'll define that for you here in just a minute Mm. but but that's now that's the focus of my next book is all about vertical development and I shifted my marketing uh, about eight months ago for my business that I no longer go to organizations and say I can help you with your mindsets I now go Mm. to organizations and I say I can help your leaders and employees vertically develop Mm. and and most organizations, as I mentioned, would kind of eh, mindsets. That's nice, but now when I say I can help your leaders vertically develop, they say, "What's that?" And I tell them, and they're like, "Oh my goodness, this is exactly what we're what we're looking for." Nice. Um, and so that's been a huge game changer. And I I couldn't be more excited about the next book coming out here to kind of bring it out into the
0: world. And so just to kind of like just to show uh, showcase or highlight one of the points that you mentioned here for anybody here, you know people listening like sometimes just a, a bit of um playing around with the terminology you know can can is a thing that can grow your business like just by talking differently just by you know using other terms um, it's it's amazing that you got to this realization um and so but but like you say like vertically developing is the same as much as developing the mindsets of others in a way uh what's new in your new book like what's what are the new revelations
1: yeah so and that's game changing. and just just on your point I feel like what what that shift in phraseology what I was doing is I was giving the why I was now leading with the why as opposed to the what right and that's I think that that's that is uh one of the reasons why it it comes across more powerfully But the idea behind vertical development is that there are, well, what we need to understand is that there's two different types of development. Mm -hmm. There's horizontal development and there's vertical development. So horizontal development is usually what, when we say development, we're usually talking horizontal development. So it's adding new knowledge, skills, and competencies to what we have. The Mm -hmm. focus of this is helping us to do more than what we could do previously. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like adding an app onto an iPad. If I add an app onto an iPad, that iPad can now do more than what it could do previously. And that's great. We need horizontal development. But horizontal development is limited in the sense of if I add an app onto an iPad, that's not going to improve how effectively that, op- that iPad operates as a whole. Mm-hmm. It can't do any more complex things. It's not going to do, uh, operate any more quickly. It's not going to hold any more kind of storage. And and so it doesn't improve the iPad and how it functions. Nice. And that's that's where vertical development comes in. So vertical development is all about upgrading our own internal operating system. Mm. And, and the tef- technical definition is to elevate our ability to make meaning of our world in more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated ways. Mm. And so when, when you talked about how you took my mindset assessment, you discovered, OK, maybe I have a little bit more of a closed mindset. And that led you to make meaning of feedback as though feedback was an attack. Yeah. Right. And you you do Muay Thai. And so when somebody gets a, when you are getting attacked, then you get defensive. Mm-hmm. Right. That Because that's how you make meaning of it. But and then we attack, can attack ask back. the question.
0: What's that? I'm saying and you attack back. I think that's yeah, what a lot of people do, right? When they get feedback and, you know, they just lash out at someone.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and so we can ask ourselves, is making meaning of feedback or constructive criticism as an attack, is that a cognitively and emotionally sophisticated way to make meaning of that situation? Well, no, I don't think so. It's it makes sense. It's justifiable. I just wouldn't say it's very cognitively and emotionally sophisticated, right? Mm. So the next level up might be in terms of cognitive and emotional sophistication might be, this might be an attack. Therefore, how we respond depends on who delivers it and how they deliver it. But that still doesn't feel super cognitively and emotionally sophisticated. What feels cognitively and emotionally sophisticated is that we see it as an opportunity to learn and grow. We make meaning of it as that opportunity to learn and grow. When we, when we make meaning of it in that way, then we embrace it. We take it in. And, and this is not easy to do, right? Because we're getting to this mental place where we are good with being told that we are bad. And it's just not easy to get there, but it is really cognitively and emotionally sophisticated. And so Mm -hmm. what we're doing with vertical development is we're literally upgrading ourselves. We're leveling up so that when we encounter stressful situations, that we make meaning of those in a better way so that we can navigate those more effectively. Does that make sense at a a high level? I mean, there's some more depth there, but does that make sense to you?
0: So far, so good makes 100% sense.
1: Awesome. Right. So when you look at your mom that you gave your mom's example, and, yeah. and she gets this mindset assessment results back, and she kind of dismisses it, oh, yeah. this isn't me, right? You, yeah. you actually reminded me, there was a lady who, who sent me an email about a month ago, and I was set to do a workshop with with her group the next day. And she said, uh, I just got my mindset results, and they are crap. Like, I don't even know if I want to be a part of this workshop going on tomorrow. And I I actually didn't respond to her. I was like, I just need to give her some space. And the next day she sends me an email and she says, okay, I talked with my husband and I think it's going to be good for me to be involved in your session tomorrow. Right. Is, Is that there's this for some, some of us. And I would say my own, my own self is I had a disconnect and this is part of my own journey of, I thought. I saw the world in the best way possible. And then when I learned about mindsets, I realized, oh my goodness, I don't. Mm-hmm. And and so the power of learning about mindsets is it allows us to deepen our self-awareness so that we can vertically develop. So we could take on more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated mindsets. And that that's life-changing, like that upgrading the operating system because. I imagine with your mom and how if she's had a closed mindset her whole life I could only imagine the frustration that you had experienced in your life and your upbringing because of that but but if that's something that she can upgrade you I think you can envision how she would be able to be more of a positive influence within her sphere
0: of influence yeah no definitely 100% and um and so how, how does one or what are the practical um, practical um, applications of that? Maybe some of our listeners can take away, you know, right now after they create after they take the assessment.
1: Yeah. So so the first step and we've, we've kind of been talking about this. The first step is always awareness. And I think maybe before we go into the practical steps. Um, it might be helpful for me to give a little bit, um, so I've got another assessment that's coming out. So let me tell you a little bit about this one, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, um, the ideas around vertical development have been around from the 1960s, but it wasn't until about 10 years ago, did they even enter into kind of the business management leadership realm. And -hmm. even then not many people know, know about vertical development. But the ideas are very well-founded, and they come out of the field of developmental psychology. And what developmental psychologists have found over time is that children, as they go from infancy to adulthood, they naturally will develop in their cognitive and emotional sophistication. It's Mm -hmm. For them, it's a function of age. Mm -hmm. As they get older, they will naturally become more cognitively and emotionally sophisticated. And we can almost see that as parents, our children, doing that right before our eyes. And and so developmental psychologists had known about child development, but it wasn't until the 1960s did they start to ask the question, well, do adults develop? And if they develop, do they develop through stages in a similar fashion that children go through different developmental stages or milestones? And what they found is really fascinating is they found that yes, adults can develop. But that most adults actually never yep. develop in their cognitive and emotional sophistication in adulthood
0: man definitely
1: <laughs> which, which is crazy so what they've identified is that there's three primary adult development levels and what they found across all adults 64 percent stay in that first level they never develop beyond what they entered adulthood with 35 really percent 35- yeah. yeah crazy. 35% get to level two and only 1% get to level three. Wow. And so, so part of the vertical development journey is understanding what are these three different levels and where am I at? What, In other words, what is my vertical altitude? Mm-hmm. And that's not the only question we can ask with this, but I think it is an incredibly powerful question because for a couple of reasons. One is I don't know... If there's very many people who ever ask that question, what is my vertical altitude? And there's even fewer people who can answer that in an effective way. And so my next book is all about helping people answer that question. What is my vertical altitude? And and being able to assess that effectively. And then where do I go so that I could elevate and become more of the person that I want to become? How do I upgrade my own internal operating system? Yeah. So um, maybe it makes sense to maybe just explain what those three levels are really quick. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. So yeah.
1: Um, so at that base, and what, what we need to understand is that at each of these levels, we have an internal operating system that is programmed to fulfill different needs. Mm-hmm. And, and that drives everything that we do. So at that base level, that first level, our internal operating system is programmed to keep us safe comfortable, and feeling like we belong, mm. right? Which means that we are very conscious of threats to those needs. So we don't like to feel unsafe, uncomfortable, or like we don't belong. We're kind of like, uh, in the mental imagery that I always get, we're, we're like one of those emperor penguins in, in, in Antarctica. And we want to like jostle for position right into the center of the huddle, because that's where it's the most safe, the most comfortable, and where we feel like we most belong. So when we're here, this is what I call self-protection mode. Mm-hmm. The way in which our body's internal operating system is wired to operate is to help us to to self-protect, to help us feel safe, feel comfortable and feel like we belong. And and so that's that's the first level. And this is justifiable, but one of the one of the hallmarks of this is we we are generally what we would call dependent thinkers. Meaning that we we like to join and identify with tribes or groups that could be families that could be friends, social groups, religious affiliations, political affiliations, whatever it might be. And when we go into these groups, we kind of say, I don't want to be the leader here. I don't want to make decisions, but if you tell me what to do, I will do it. Yeah. Provided that you keep me safe, comfortable, and feeling like I belong. So that's, that's that That's that first level. And I, I call this level Mind 1.0 because it's representative of our own internal operating system. Yeah. So that's, that's the first level. Does that make
0: sense? 100%. And also, uh, it uh, complies, it, it's perfectly fitting with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? That's the first three levels, right? It's like yep. um basic physical uh, stuff, then safety, then relationships, which is feeling like you belong. So it's 100%. Up until now, Maslow's hierarchy of needs.
1: Yeah, and it, the the developmental psychologist who kind of did the initial research here, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is what inspired it. So it's not directly okay, it, aligned, it. but it is yeah. inspired by
0: it. Yeah, so I'm no, it makes that makes sense. Everything is connected. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, yeah. cool, cool.
1: So the second level then is we actually shift our needs when we move into the second level, and it's not easy to shift our needs, but but it's doable. And when we move into the second level, our needs are to stand out, advance, and get ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in fact, we're willing to be we become willing to be unsafe, uncomfortable, and not belong in order to advance, stand out, and get ahead. Mm-hmm. And when we make this shift, we move from being a dependent thinker to an independent thinker. So we yeah. develop our own ideas. This is usually if somebody is is an entrepreneur. They're usually stepping from a mind 1.0 to a mind 2.0, right? Because they're mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur is inherently unsafe, uncomfortable, and you're not belonging, right? So, and you're and and we're usually driven in some form or fashion to stand out, advance, and get ahead. And, and so we become this independent thinker. We we no longer feel like we're di- kind of directed by the groups mm-hmm. so or the tribes that we're a part of. We're now feeling more self-directed. And we want, um, we, we operate as a whole more independently. Yeah. So that's, that's that second level. And what I call this is I call this, uh, it's mine 2.0, self-focused reward mode. So the focus here is still on ourself, but now instead of our safety, it's on us advancing. So to use that penguin metaphor, we don't want to be in the center of the huddle. We want to be like a penguin up on the hillside where we can see, uh, where we everybody can see us and how great we are. And it's also in a position that allows us to direct others, right? Because what we recognize in Mind 2.0 is there's a whole host of Mind 1.0 people who are willing to give of their power and independence. Yep. And as a Mind 2.0 person, I could take their power and independence and I could get them to help me stand out, advance, and get ahead. And, and so most leaders operate in mine 2.0 in fact what research has found is that 85 percent of executives operate in mine 2.0 but then only 35 percent of the total population operates in mine 2.0 and Does that, that make sense
0: said, 2.0 find it out like is there like was there research done with like thousands of people tested like how did they understand like the 64 35 one
1: yeah. So most of that research has been done by one of the founders of this field of study. His name is Robert Keegan. Um, so he originally did the research on thousands of people um, on, on the general population, but it was about, I think it was about 10 to 15 years ago, he partnered with PWC uh, to do a study on executives. And, and so we've got data on the general population. We've also got data on um, on executives as Got well. It. So that's where it comes cool. from. But Robert okay. Keegan is the source for that. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that's mine 2.0. Yeah. Um, and, and then in mine 3.0, again, what we're doing is we're shifting our needs. So at, at mine 3.0, our needs are to contribute, to add value and to lift. And And we'll we'll make a distinction about this here in just a minute. But when we get to Mind 3.0, we are willing to be unsafe, uncomfortable, and not belong in order to contribute, add value, and lift. We're also willing to not stand out, to kind of put ourselves on the back burner, to uh, not get ahead or not advance or not be seen and recognized in order to contribute, add value, and lift. Mm. And, and what's what's going on here is as you can hopefully feel is the difference is we, when we operate below this Mind 3.0 level, so in Mind 1.0 or 2.0, our primary focus is inward on ourselves, either us standing in or us standing out. When we're in this Mind 3.0 level, our focus is not on ourselves anymore. It's on something external to ourselves a bigger purpose mm. and we're driven again to contribute add value and to lift and when we're here we're not dependent thinkers we're not independent thinkers we are interdependent thinkers we can see and hold multiple perspectives simultaneously we kind of don't we don't rush to one way or the other these are the type of people that we would say are wise sages right when we look at really great and transformational leaders um people like Uh, um, Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, right? These are historical figures. These are my 3.0 leaders. When we look in the typical business world today, to me, there's three people that really stand out that most people know. I mean, there's others out there, but may not be as well known. But um, Alan Mulally and his transformative work at Ford, Ed Catmull and his transformative work at Disney Animation, and then Sachin Adela at Microsoft. Right? These, these are people that completely transformed their organizations um, and they were, they were able to do so. Um, the reason why they were able to do so and their predecessors couldn't is because they operate at this higher mind 3.0 level. So that's, that's the idea is we've got these three levels. They each are programmed at, at each level We're programmed to fulfill different needs. And if we can identify where we are at, what our vertical altitude is, that's great. But we could also see where we can go moving
0: forward. Got it. So just to put it into kind of like what I, to the frames or whatever like that I put in my head. So first of all, it is very much like mother's hierarchy of needs where number two to advance, stand out and get ahead is definitely about competence. And that's like the fourth uh part of the pyramid and then the fifth part of the pyramid right is self actualization which is mostly not about you and about like you know being a part of the group it also really fits with what um is talked about in the seven habits of highly effective people which is there are um people that are dependent and then after that you go through a phase and you can become independent but if you actually like are really mature and you go through you know whatever development you go through you get to be interdependent and that's the yep. most productive way of being so it definitely yep. makes sense like that as well it also connects to something i read in uh the book Four Thousand weeks um hmm. have you heard about that book no i haven't amazing book about productivity amazing book really really good uh kind of new i think as well i i i heard tim very stuck about it and some podcasts but um, Great. So he's talking about like we have only 4,000 weeks to live and everybody's trying to get to inbox zero and try all these productivity um, hacks that are actually killing you and killing time and uh, instead of really helping you out. And so, and he's talking about, um, he's talking about like everybody's trying to kind of like, uh, I'll work on my own, I'll work on my own terms, I'll work like that, you know, and, and then, um, but at the end of the day, what if everybody worked on their own time and terms? Nobody could actually get meetings done. You know, we couldn't really get ahead in in our in organizations. Um, we need to be interdependent. Also with our time, it's like money. You can't. You can think about hoarding money all the time, but you actually make a lot more when you you know when you think about it as money, about money as an interdependent uh, channel of energy. So yeah. yeah so I mean, that's that connects to a lot of things that are you know going on in my mind on a day-to-day basis based on those books, but. Um, Here's the thing though, how, like, can you be a 2.0 most of the time, but then jump to 3.0 or have aspects of your life, which are 3.0. Um, and, and some are basically like 1.0 because I guess when COVID hit, right, we got hit with safety, right? A lot of people went to 1.0, right? They went back to 1.0. Um, but then when things are good in your life, you're, 3.0, what do you care, uh, why not contribute and donate and whatnot, right? Yeah. Um, How does that work with, you know, with us as humans right now?
1: Yeah, no, great question. And I love that you asked it because, and naturally, I think that's where our minds go. Because as I mentioned, what I just laid out leads us to ask the question, what is my vertical altitude? Mm -hmm. And I think that's an incredibly powerful question. But I mentioned that's not the only question we can ask. Okay. So I think I think the question that r- really helps me to understand this is what is my center of gravity. Okay. In other words, where do I spend the majority of my time? Is it mine 1.0? Is it mine 2.0 or mine 3.0? Hmm. So that that allows us to recognize we aren't going to spend 100% of our time in any of these uh, any of these mind levels, but we are going to have a home base. We are going to have a center of gravity that we fall back to for the majority of the time, particularly in, in kind of stressful and pressure situations. Um, And so to me um, what that suggests, when we look at it through that lens is, is not only should we focus on elevating vertically, but then how do I spend a greater amount of my time in mind 3.0? Right. And this is when where we start to get more practical about this. Right. Because I think that there's some things like uh, just to get practical, we've already talked about some of these things. Right. So we've got right. to deepen our self-awareness. That That's going to be key. Right. We've also talked about developing a morning ritual or whatever it might be that allows us to kind of start our day in a higher frame of mind.
0: Right. Emotional. Right? State, so that we yeah
1: so that we could spend a higher percentage of our time in mind 3.0. So we've got to develop daily habits to be able to do that. There's some deeper suggestions that I I would love to get to. um, But I guess let me, let me pause there and see how this concept of center of gravity sits with you.
0: It sits 100%. uh, um, And you know, all these, the the concepts are very fitting also with something that I, um, uh, something that I've been thinking about as well. Um, after I read a book called Levels of Energy, um, have you read that book?
1: I haven't. No, you're giving me Dude, some good books to read. I need to write I, these down.
0: I would, man, I would love for you to read uh, to read Levels of Energy um, because it's more okay. of a spiritual book. Or, but it, it it basically says every human goes through phases or is on a level from zero to one thousand, and you got that level. Um, for instance, if you're in fifties you're in crime, you're hateful. And then 100, you feel that you can do something. So start start pushing back, but with anger and resentment. But at 200, you're already in the personal development mode. You're like, now you're trying to achieve yourself. At 300, you're, you know, already like, I guess, 2.0. At 400, 500, you're already like almost at 3.0. About 500, you start um, elevating at such a high state that you are now operating on on 3.0 you're contributing you're you're thinking about the value and you're actually attracting way more into your life than uh, and any of the levels below that so it really fits well with that um and it kind of also i guess it makes me also ask a question um about so okay okay, uh, before i get to the question Um, And another thing I I was like, uh, it brought up for me is like, I have a friend who's also an entrepreneur and we're like, um, we're talking business every Sunday, we meet a mastermind and everything like that. And we recently started talking about um, state management. And we understood that in order for an entrepreneur or, you know, any leader to be the most successful, you need to manage your states because throughout the day you have different states, right? Um, You might get into, an argument with your wife, or you might get into get a, get an email from a pissed off client, or whatever. You can get a lot of things happening in your life that are throwing you off. And but as soon as you can recover and get back to a high elevated state, emotional state, then you can make sure that you're successful. And also there's a spiritual connection as well. Somehow things are being attracted to you. So there's like the yeah. mindset aspect is connected to a spiritual aspect, and that's like the state management thing. It's like we're so we're coming up with theories in order to change your uh, mindset when something bad happens. Um it's interesting because I think it really, really connects here. And but it gets me to ask the question about 2.0 versus 3.0 because for instance, Elon Musk, or we're seeing like very successful business people that are also contributing a lot and you know are getting a lot of done. But they are influencers and they are you know out there and and it looks like they care about themselves in a way. And that's okay with us yep. because they're contributing a lot. Um, yeah. Um, what do you have to say about them and what happens if they become 3.0 or, or are they? And we're just seeing 2.0 above the surface.
1: Yeah, here's a distinction that's been helpful for me. And, and it's actually been helpful for me personally, because when I first learned about these different developmental stages and levels, mm-hmm. I said to myself when I first learned, oh, yeah, I'm definitely mine 3.0. Uh, But the more that I learned about it, I had to be, uh, I don't think I'm in Mind 3.0, right? And I I think I'm still aspiring into that level uh, and stepping into that level. Um, But here's a distinction that's been helpful for me to think about is oftentimes people in Mind 2.0, they are progress makers and they make a lot of progress. And, and, you know, and oftentimes they're they are what drives the success of an organization um, are these progress makers. They're usually really outcome focused. They're really driven people. And this is great. Mind 3.0 people. They aren't progress makers. They are value creators. Okay. And and to me, that's that's a huge difference. You look at somebody like Jack Welch at GE. You know, at the time when he was CEO, everybody worshipped him because he had trans helped GE become so successful. Well, hindsight's 2020 is he was an extreme mind 2.0 leader that was a huge progress maker. And he took the organization in a really far way in terms of its stock price. But when he stepped down, now kind of the veil comes down, and he hadn't created an organization and a structure. That could be successful in five, 10, 20 years. And so it has, you know, GE has crumbled since Mm. then. And that's because he was a progress maker, and not a value creator. Mm. And and to me, that's a, that was a huge distinction. So when I look at myself is, like, when I launched success mindsets, that I was in the progress maker mode. all right, and I didn't realize that i I told myself I was a value creator, and in some ways I think I was creating value, but really, I was in progress maker mode or progress yeah progress maker mode um and now I'm working on shifting to to be in the value creator mode
0: that is um, so that's been yeah, helping with decision. my brain i uh, okay so here here's the thing, right um I'll throw something at you and let me know how you analyze it all right okay, so when I'm thinking about that I'm like. Um I have so I'm thinking about commit first, right? It's um it's th- this is podcast and it's growing slowly, like very, very slowly, right? And guys, by the way, if you're hearing this, rate Us on Apple <laughs> Podcast, that will help the show grow faster and tell about it to your friends, right? Um, but it grows, this community grows rapidly, but very, very slow. Um and the thing that is interesting is that in israel i had the design community that i launched in 2011 and it was went back when i already i had a job like I, I didn't need it you know and i launched it just to give value it was the pure very pure thing of giving value um and then it started the blog took off like crazy and up until this day i have like you know people are stopping me i was just at a bar with my dad like uh two weeks ago and the, the bartender, she's like, you're Siggy Schreiber. I'm like, what? Like, you know, and I know you, whoa, it's amazing that you're here. Like, I learned so much from you. I'm like, whoa. Like, awesome. So these kind of things, like you, the value that, you know, was created by me not focusing on anything monetization-wise there at the beginning brought in a whole, a, big, a very big effect. Commit first was me launching this thing and saying, "Well, this is the way for me to give value, exactly like Pixel Perfect, my Israeli design blog. But this, I'm going. This is going to be my business as well. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be coaching. I'm going to be like doing things. I had a mastermind, I like. Um, and I'm. I don't know if it's connected or not. Maybe it's connected to the way that things were back then when you launched a blog or a podcast with early days and everything grew like crazy. And right now, it's just so saturated that growing any yeah. community is very hard." Um, but is it also connected to the way I'm thinking uh, underneath about it, like a business or I don't know, like, um, it makes me think.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't think I'm in a position to to make any judgment there for sure, but I think it's, but what I love is just even, there's a lot of power in just even asking that question Mm -hmm. and stepping into it. Yeah. Right. And, And that's, that's, Um, that's something that I don't think is very easy for any of us to do is to ask that question and step into it. Is it the way that I am seeing and approaching this? Is there a higher level way of looking at at it? And I imagine just stepping into that and exploring that would reveal some, some huge insights.
0: It's interesting. I mean, I'm thinking about value all the time with commit first. I'm, I'm really value oriented. I hope you guys are seeing it or listening to this, like, you know, and, and thinking that way as well. Because, it, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, everything we tried when we tried all these kind of like uh, growth hacks and, you know, SEO strategies and stuff to grow, they never worked. Um, and when I did something out of my heart, every time those content pieces work the best, right? Um, yeah. so it's interesting to see well, how, yeah.
1: Yeah. When you say just the way that you phrase it and there's nothing wrong with this, uh, like I'm, I'm not being critical by any means, but when you say growth hacks, like to me, that that's a mind 2.0 way of thinking, right? Right. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to like the, the focus is on me growing. Yeah. The focus is not on me adding value. Adding value. Right. Right. The more that we add value, the better we're going to grow. And we've got we've got our own, you know, limitations, limitations in our resources and what we can have, limitations in our time. We have limitations, right? There's a variety of reasons why we would want to go after growth hacks. And there's not, again, there's nothing wrong with doing so. But it's just checking in is that just even that phraseology is a very mind 2.0 way, way of thinking about it um and, and and again and we could do both we could say how are we adding value and how can we use growth hacks and that's yeah. one of the things that's that's where the interdependent thinking really comes in is is when we're in that mind 3.0 level and this interdependent thinker is we're not stuck with one option right we see all of the options and at certain times option a is going to be what we want to do maybe that's a growth hack option z at a different point in time is maybe something different that we want to do. So when we're in that mind 3.0 level, we could take on and off different hats as opposed to, you know, we, I'm sure, you know, more people than I do about this, but there's people that are out there. They just wear their hustle hat all the time.
0: Right. Yeah. That's who sure. they are.
1: They're a yeah. hustler. Right. Yeah. And And they aren't able to take on and off that hat and put on the leader hat or the parent hat or whatever that might be and when we're in that mind 3.0 we have greater ability of doing that which actually makes us a more dynamic individual
0: definitely um man it's hard to think about because i do think about a lot of um successful entrepreneurs specifically here in the Israeli tech scene like this is you know they call it startup nation there's a lot of very successful uh startups over here some of them are have ipo you know in great you know amounts and and so, and I know they're leaders like personally. And they're one hundred percent Like, you know, they couldn't care less about contributing to others or anything like that. They just yeah. care about they're really business savvy, crazy hustlers. Um, you know, because they work, they are workaholics, right? Barely see their families. Um, some of them do care about their families, obviously. Um, but you know, it's just they they are, you know. You have to work hard to get somewhere and kind of like that's the mentality. Work hard, be savvy, be intelligent, um, be emotionally intelligent, but because you're just intelligent. So you understand you have to be kind of like play it emotionally intelligent as well. Um, and and I'm seeing them get ahead like crazy, right? To get yeah. ahead in business. And um, it seems like they're, everything is going well for them. Um, Can you give a few examples and break down even maybe even one example out of those of the of those leaders you mentioned that are 3.0 and how they build their success um, to such a great level?
1: Yeah, let let me actually start at that mind 2.0 level. So I was doing a coaching call with the with the CEO of an organization. He's got um, just about a thousand. Well, actually, yeah, just about a thousand employees in the organization. So a decent sized organization. And and I'm doing this coaching call with him. And and I asked him, why did you start your business? And he says to prove other people wrong. Hmm. Right. Well, I mean, immediately upon hearing that, where does your mind go? Mine 1.0, mine 2.0, or mine 3.0? Well,
0: mine 2.0. Yeah, mine 2.0. Um, and by the way, I is charged. I, you know. A lot of the reason I have my business right now is to prove to myself that I can, you know, that I can be a CEO of a business and grow a business. It's kind of like, you know, this, that makes me think of my 2.0. And I, I I know I'm 2.0. I know I'm not 3.0 yet, I guess, you know, most of yeah. them. But yeah, OK, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, not, not that it's, uh, you, we're not a bad person if we're in my 1.0 or 2.0, right? It's just the, the, you use the word no. maturity. It's our current yeah. level of maturity. Right. Um, so this CEO, okay. says, I, I started my business to prove other people wrong. Um, and he's a very hard driver, you know, red personality, um, go getter, which, mm-hmm. which is great. And what you need to be, to be, to, you know, at least need to have that, to be successful at that level. But what was really fascinating is as we got into the call and he started to be open up um, and we created kind of a psychologically safe space and and he was willing to get vulnerable. And he says, look, at the end of the day, and I try to not let any people know this, but at the end of the day, I'm a very insecure person. and." And that's, I mean, just him, his ability to even connect with that is awesome. Mm. But but that's what he's now starting to discover is that that insecurity is what's driving his mind 2.0 thinking and it's preventing him to get to mind 3.0. Mm. And so everything that is that he does is to fuel his or fill his insecurities, right? You see right. naturally how that's that's inward. Yeah. And as long as he's got those insecurities, he's never going to be able to look outward. Yeah. So let me tell you a little bit about my journey, and then we could talk about some of these leaders. So yeah. if I was to paint my journey is I was mind 1.0 from when I entered adulthood until I was about 33. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's when I first started to learn about mindsets yeah. and I learn about mindsets and I find out that my mindsets are crap. I've got <laughs> negative mindsets. I awaken to that. I work on them and I shift my mindsets. And I feel like as soon as I started to work on my mindsets, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to try to build this business, right? And and that was me. Like I would have never done that in mind 1.0. But when I got into mind 2.0, now that's, that becomes um, something that my internal operating system can do. Um, And I operated in mind 2.0 for, I don't know. Four years. Um, and, and in many ways, I'm still there. But but something, something groundbreaking happened for me in addition to learning about vertical development. At about that same time, I started to come across research as I'm trying to dive into the neuroscience behind mindsets. Mm. And and I start to start to read books about trauma and the connection um, between trauma and our mindsets. Mm-hmm. And I'm understanding the what, what's going on at a neurological level. And, and what I'm finding is that there's something here, right? Yeah. There's a connection between the trauma that we've experienced in life and the quality of the mindsets that we have.
0: Yeah. Definitely.
1: And, and right. Because trauma innately pulls us inward mm-hmm. because we want to self-protect, and the more trauma that we've experienced, the more inward we are going to become. And so as I start to, to learn this, and I see my own inwardness, and I also learn in one book, the, the book is outrageously good. And the book is called The Body Keeps the Score. And in okay. this book, uh, Bessel van der Kolk um, walks through different treatments, treatment modalities for trauma. And one of the modalities that he talks about is a, is a trauma therapy that's called EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, mm-hmm. and reprocessing. Okay. And, and it's kind of a new, it's a newer modality for treating trauma. But mm-hmm. what the research is, research is finding that other than, uh you know, micro dosing, it's the most effective approach to treating trauma. And, and so, reading this, I'm like, oh my goodness. I, And at the time, I didn't think I had trauma in my background. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to experience this EMDR. It seems really fascinating. Like you have tapping on shoulders or pings in your ears or your eyes are moving back and forth. And for some reason, it helps people desensitize and reprocess uh, around yeah. their trauma experiences. Huh. And so, about a year and a half ago, I started working with a trauma therapist and we started to do EMDR. And what? And in, the, in just a, a couple of months, we were able to identify that, that there were two instances in my childhood that were particularly traumatic huh. and, and that have really been life-defining moments for me. And these are moments that have caused me to be self-protective. And I just didn't even know that they were. There. Well, I knew that they were there. I knew that they happened, but I was not aware of the impact that they had been that they had on me, and how that had carried through my life. Really. And so, for the last year, I've been working on, um, on really healing myself, healing my mind, healing my body from this. And and to me, it is this that's allowed me to move from that mind 2.0 to more of that mind 3.0. And to me, this is the beautiful thing about vertical development, is at the end of the day, vertical development is all about healing ourselves. Yep. And and you know, one of the we brought up some really interesting things in this conversation. And I'm gonna just kind of phrase it a little bit differently, but we can ask ourselves, what is my relationship with and fill in the blank, right? Some of the things that we've already talked about is what is my relationship with time? What is my relationship with money? What is my relationship with my family? What is my relationship with um, achievement? Right? We can ask ourselves, what is my relationship? And and our relationship with those things gives us a sense of our vertical altitude and and what what mind level we primarily operate at. But the most important relationship is what I'm learning in, in this vertical development journey is the relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. What is my relationship with myself? And, and honestly, two years ago, I would have said I had a good relationship. Now, when I given the journey I've been on, I would say two years ago, my relationship with myself was crap, and I'm in a much better place with myself. And mm-hmm. because I'm in a much better place with myself, I feel like I have less holes that I'm needing to fill. Yeah. Um, I'm better able to value others and work more interdependently with them. Um, and, and it really when I heal my relationship with myself, I'm healing my relationships with everything else, time, family, money, et cetera. Yeah. So it's been a it's been an incredible journey, but but anybody who goes through the vertical development journey, what they need to do is at a foundational level is heal yeah. themselves. Yeah. And and that's the we don't hear the stories very often, but when you take people like Satya Nadella and Alan Mulally and Ed Catmull, and you study them, and there's books on each of them, um, you can see how they've they've had to go through that that healing process, that healing journey. Right. So, uh,
0: right. there's there's actual books on them like that we can read.
1: Yeah. So. Well, the some of them don't go as much into their healing journey, but um mm-hmm. I think that they're incredible case studies. So okay. for Sachin Nadella, read Hit Refresh. Okay. Um he's the one that's probably the most open about his journey. He's got a son who um, ha- has mental disabilities and and working through wow. that is really yeah. what what helped him. Hmm. Um Ed Catmull, he uh, the book I would read there is Creativity Inc. I think it's the best business book I've ever read. Um, and then maybe the second best business book is the one with Alan Mulally. And that that book is called American Icon.
0: Okay, got it. Love it. Uh, we'll also uh, add links to these books in the show notes so you guys can catch them later. Um, love it. Um, so it really connects to everything that I'm also about in this past two years, I've been also working on myself. I've been really improving, working on my inner world. And when I did that, I saw the outer world, just, you know, collapse towards me kind of like, or in a good way, but like come or attract, like I attract more. Yeah. Um, everybody nowadays, that's what I say. Everybody nowadays are talking about the metaverse everywhere, but nobody's talking about the universe, right? Yeah. That's exactly that what we it. need to explore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I love that you've went down that uh, you know EMDR rabbit hole, which sounds amazing. So now I'm going to also read the book uh, "The Body Keeps the Score," and I'm going to also look up EMDR, which just is fascinating to me because, you know, I'm sure I I'm, I'm I had a lot of experience. Like, I think we all have experiences as kids that some shape who we become later on in life. But I I definitely can't think of like a you know a specific traumatic experience as well. So I bet it's somewhere. Um, you know, or whatever. I, I can't wait, can't wait to find those out. Um, so. Well, and here's
1: it. the, here's the statistics on this. Like w- what we're finding is that 70% of all adults of all, you know, when, when we're in adulthood, 70% of all adults have experienced at least one form of extreme trauma. Yeah. Um. And, and that doesn't count of course, smaller traumas or repeated traumas that are smaller. And yeah. so the reality is is that the vast majority of all adults if not all adults have experienced some form of trauma. And yeah. when we experience trauma, the our body and what trauma is just to kind of be clear is our body has a stress response system. And our stress response system has a certain capacity. It has a threshold in which it can handle stress. And, and, and it's designed, our bodies are designed to handle stress, but whenever we're in a situation where the stress of that situation exceeds our body's capacity to deal with that stress, Mm -hmm. then our body has to go through drastic measures. Our body's nervous system has to go through drastic measures and it alters into as a way to address that stress. Our body alters its nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it, and that alteration of the nervous system is leaves its footprints in terms of self-protectedness and lower levels of vertical development. Mm. And, and that becomes kind of our default mode of processing. Um, so, so trauma doesn't necessarily have to, um, Trauma doesn't necessarily have to be a certain, it's not an event. It's our body's response to certain events. Yeah, Um, And that's why I, I say, I didn't think I had trauma in my background Mm -hmm. because I didn't, you know, I was, I was never abused uh, in any way. And, you know, I had my parents, they never got divorced. Um, But needless to say, is there's, like I said, a couple of instances where, Effectively, I was emotionally neglected um, and that had long ranging impacts on my body, nervous system. And so what I've been doing is working on healing my body's Mm. nervous system. Wow. Um, And that's, um, you know, like I said, just been a really remarkable
0: experience. I love that. Um, So besides doing that right now, in order to step to your 3.0. By the way, how do you act and like you said you found those traumas through EMDR, but are you still working with that therapist or are you now, how are you working now to you know to Yeah, improve?
1: still still working with that therapist um mm-hmm. and, and uh w- which is great. So we're we're always finding other stuff. So part of the <laughs> process is and this is the proce- part of the process of vertical development as a whole when when you're as we live life, we have areas of our lives where we get frustrated or we get protective. Right. When these are symbols of something deeper going on within us. Mm. And so part of working with my therapist is identifying these places where I get frustrated or I get stressed out and, and we, we unpack those situations down and we dig back into my past we go through the EMDR process, and it reveals where the hangups are, yeah. and at a foundational level, and allows us to reprocess those. Right. So we we we're still working on the bigger traumas, but then there's also little things that pop up. You know, um, me and my wife is we'll have you know if we have an argument or or uh, you know we're just seeing things from a different perspective. I could work with my therapist to say, okay, can kind of help me investigate that and reprocess what's mm-hmm. going on within me at a, at a deeper level so that I can navigate it more effectively in the future.
0: Yeah. All right. Cool.
1: So, so, you know, therapy, you know, we're talking about, okay, what can we do? Therapy, any uh, EMDR seems mm-hmm. has been a huge help for me and I think it could be for others. Yeah. Um, you also promote other things like journaling, meditation, like yeah. meditations and gratitude journals. Are are some of the most effective things for us to do in terms of healing ourselves and vertically developing? In fact, what I one of the things that I would add is those who are the most vertically developed, they have this uncanny ability to create space.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Mind 2.0 people never want to create space. Right. They're too go, 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 right. right? mind 3.0 people, they understand the value of creating space. And I think practices like meditation and journaling, um, and other related things like that yeah. are yeah. like mental exercises that help us to become more capable of creating space, presence, and mindfulness in our lives. So, um, those are some other
0: ways I to think it. about it. I, I love that. Um, and, um, just to kind of um go follow up on this so um if right now someone's listening to this and they're like wow i really want to start developing my 3.0 um mindset right so let's just recap and maybe add some if we can so we got one is um you know go for therapy and it's 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 a great way of finding and working on yourself and you know starting to get there um two is um gratitude journaling, three meditation, um, for try to make space on a constant basis, like, you know, in order to do those things. Um, and what are the different things that I can do that, or sorry, I, what are the different things that you do, Ryan, in your day to day, um, simple acts or habits or stuff like that to step into contribution, adding value and lifting.
1: Yeah. Good, great. Thank you for asking. And I'm going to add to that list that you just said is, is the first step is always awareness, right? Not that you can't do those other things, but, but awareness and and diving into, to understanding and even learning around this, I think is is critical, but Mm -hmm. so things that I do, and maybe I'll just kind of walk you through my morning routine. It's not perfect. I am, I anticipate I'll change it over time and I'll improve it. But for me, winning the morning is, is key. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, first thing I do when I get out of bed is, is I get, for me, I get lemon water. Um, yep. That's a way to kind of rehydrate my body, yes. and then then I get to my my desk. I meditate. Um, I could, I'm surely can meditate for longer than I do. I use the app, the Insight Timer app, and I meditate. A lot of great for things about, about it. About ten minutes. Cool. Um, then the next thing I do is I I've subscribed to uh, a daily email uh, that are co- that's called Notes from the Universe. Cool. um and it, if you go to tut.com tut.com and every morning i get this note from the universe and to me it's this very aspirational abundance mindset type um mentality that just gets my mind in a good place and right after that i do uh the 5 minute journal okay cool um and so and then with my mind in a good place, then I'm writing down three things I'm grateful for, three things that would make today great, and some self- affirmations.. Um, at, at that point in time, then I feel like I'm ready to go. Yeah. Um, so for me, that that takes uh, you know, 20-ish minutes. Um, and then then I'm into, then I as we talked before we hit record, Then I get into book writing mode and I work Mm -hmm. on my book and when I'm done working on my book for an hour and a half or two hours, then, then I exercise. So go running or ride the bike for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got the rest of my day to get done, whatever I need to get done. So it's uh, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm still working on my own vertical development. Vertical development is a lifelong journey. (laughs) Um, But, but it's, I appreciate the opportunity to share uh, not only about the concept of vertical development but thank you for creating the space to allowing me to share a little bit about my journey and yeah. I, ho- I hope it resonates with others so man I,
0: 100% 100% i i so appreciate you sharing and you know being open about like how you work on your on your uh vertical development and and you know mindset uh 3.0 because you know a lot of people are um, i i know that you're a practitioner you know not just the one that is creating the theories right so um i love that you're um not taking only the research stance but you're taking the practitioner stance here and you're actually very active going to therapy and doing the morning routine like um and keeping it you know day by day it's it's amazing um and i yeah i love it um so um i i think we can wrap it up about here if there's one thing that um maybe one more message that you like to shout out to to the audience everybody listening right now that are right now uh fathers business owners um you know maybe struggling a bit with like you know their go 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 mentality that you know is just getting hit all over the place with so many um unexpected um you know time bombs like child sickness or um or you know stuff at work what would you say to them
1: um well, I think the the main message, if I was to maybe summarize, is, and what I've learned for myself, the deeper I go inward, the higher I go in my vertical development, and the higher and the greater my capacity to have a positive influence in the world around me. And mm-hmm. I think everybody who's listening to this, I imagine part of the reason why they're listening is because they want to be a po- greater positive influence in the world around them. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately what we fell back on, uh, although this is an only lens to look at it, what we ultimately fell back on is the idea that if we want to do that, we've got to heal ourselves. Yeah. And, and I can't think of a more beautiful message or and also thing to do um, because the more we heal ourselves, the better parent, we're going to be the better friend we're going to be the better leader we're going to be um and and i think we all want to be that and it and it starts here uh with ourselves and the more that we heal inward the the greater we can reach outward
0: love it brother man that was again another epic episode <laughs> um so thank you so much uh when's the book coming out again in october you said
1: October 11th. Yep. It's available for pre-order already on, uh, you know, all the good places where you buy books.
0: So cool. So, and, and we can find it at Ryan Yep. Right? Okay, cool. So we'll share the link over here, but you can already hop to dot If you haven't taken the assessment yet, please do. Um, hopefully the new assessment will be there as soon as well. So you'll be able to enjoy it. Um, pre-order the book, everybody, Um, and Ryan thank you so much again and uh, can't wait to keep being in touch and, and following your journey
1: no thank you so much for having me yeah most definitely we'll keep in touch
0: awesome